Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibu First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. This week we go behind the scenes at that historic meeting where Halibu became a member of the most important First Nations advocacy group in Atlantic Canada. It's called the Atlantic Policy Congress, and it now includes all the Mi'kmaq First Nations in the region, including Halibu. A resolution at the last All Chiefs meeting of the APC to accept Halibu as a member passed easily, 14 to 2. Relations between Halibu and the rest of the Mi'kmaq communities have been uneasy. Having Alipu as a member of the APC will help mend the situation, says John Paul, executive director of the APC. He says unknowns about Halibu membership have been resolved and other chiefs feel more comfortable working with the largest First Nation in the region. Here's my conversation with John Paul. First of all, take us uh, behind the scenes uh, for the uh, vote itself and how Halibu got into APC. Um, was it uh, by a show of hands with chiefs in attendance, or was it more elaborate than that? Uh, no, we 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 have to follow our uh, our organization uh, incorporation uh, documents as a as a federal federally incorporated not for profit and. Uh, the way it works is that uh, we have to have a majority of uh, our members, and uh, basically from there, um, once we have a majority of members, then we call for a resolution. And uh, the way I usually work it is that uh, our rules are is that I first call for consensus of consensus to approve the the motion, and then when when we can't get consensus. Then I asked usually for a formal vote hmm. so on, on the resolution. Yes. So on this one, uh, a resolution had come forward, and who 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 for, who put forward the resolution? Okay, and it was moved by uh, Chief Andrea Paul, Pictou Landing First Nations, uh, seconded by Chief Matilda Ramjatin, Lennox Island First Nation, and it was voted on and. Uh, 14-4 and uh, two opposed and zero abstention. And uh, is it recorded there who the two uh, opposed were? No, we don't record that in our meetings. I know at these uh, meetings of the Congress, there's a lot on the agenda and lots of discussion about things. Was this a matter about which there was a lot of discussion? Uh, um, there, there was, there was some discussion, but uh, I had explained at the, at the beginning of the meeting that. Uh, uh, Brendan had presented almost a year ago to the assembly with a detailed history and a detailed presentation about Halapu and the history and the process that they're involved in with membership and their 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 move to uh, to resolve the issues and uh, get to a, a stable membership as as a community in uh, Newfoundland and uh, basically. That was a year ago, and today he just uh, came back because uh, we didn't have a resolution at the meeting a year ago. We had more of a discussion to find out find out who Halibut was and uh, 
find out a lot about the history and find out about the process that it went through to get established as a as a band under the Indian Act and uh, the circumstances uh, and the history that led up to all that sort of stuff and uh, you know and uh, this time basically uh, Brendan did a shorter version of the of the of the presentation and explained where they're at explained uh, the current level of membership and that the uh, issues to to finalize the membership was uh, still underway and that uh, that there was currently 22,229 members and then also identified the chief and the different ward councillors that uh, represent the uh, entire council of uh, Halapu. And I suppose many of the people in attendance this time would have heard his previous presentation and... and... Yes, all of them that were that were uh, at the meeting did, did hear his presentation from a year ago. And and then the, the presentation last year, the last year involved a lot of discussion with the chiefs, and and, and many of many of them basically a year ago said, let us go back and talk to our councils and uh, get them more informed about what uh, Halapu is all about and why they want to become members of the APC, and that they would bring it back at some future date and. Uh, I raised it about uh, a month ago with our executive chiefs, which is ten of the uh, ten of the thirty chiefs that are elected by the chiefs to be our executive. And I raised the issue with them about bringing it back to the all chiefs to to deal with a resolution to consider the uh, membership of the Halapu First Nation and. And they agreed, so that's why I added on to the agenda yeah. and invited uh, Chief Brendan to uh, the meeting uh, in April. So I would imagine one concern that people would have had uh, a year ago was, was numbers, because it was not known at that time, perhaps, what the ultimate size of uh, of the membership of Halibut would be. Well, well that, 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 that was a big issue, and, uh, you know, it's... It, it's uh, it, there's always a worry that uh, that uh, the, the new members would uh, would uh, access the limited pie that's there and have an impact on the other communities and uh, you know and what what if any would it have in relation to impact to those other communities and uh, you know it's it, it's more of an education and understanding and. Uh, you know, really understanding the facts and the, the reality of the situation than um, what people believe on the street sometimes, basically. Yes. Uh, I, I guess the other um, unusual things about Halibu uh, compared to the other members of the APC would be the fact that Halibu is a landless band. There's no There's no reserve land. And also the way it was formed, it was formed, you know, by this on you, you know, not by a agreement in, in principle with the federal government and people back at that time, back in 2011, um, uh, complained about lack of consultation with the other Mi'kmaq communities. Is that, are those concerns um, uh, in the past now or? Well, they, 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 they are. And then, then I think that uh, it was, it's a, it was an issue just uh, just but 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 it, you got to understand it, it it is 
the way to get designated or created as a band is a, is a process dictated by the Indian Act of all things. Con River had to go through the same process to get recognized as a as a Mi'kmaq band in uh, Newfoundland a long time ago. And they had to go through a lot of things to legitimize their their identity of who they were, basically, to actually get uh, added onto the list of an Indian Act band. Chief uh, uh, Brendan uh, said after the meeting that joining the APC was um, was partly about reconciliation between uh, between Halibut and the rest of uh, well, particularly the Mi'kmaq communities in Atlantic Canada. Um, do you think uh, that joining the APC will will have an impact on the relationship? Well, I think it o- it opens up it opens up uh, wider communications between the communities and now includes Halapu in in the in the work we're doing as APC regionally on on a number of files that we work on and and uh, you know we'll include them in terms of what we're doing on the different files and uh you know like the in in the past they were just out there on their own but uh you know this will include them in uh the sharing of uh information and strategies that are being undertaken by the chiefs on the major files which are which are affecting important issues in in all the communities across Atlantic Canada. Hmm. I don't know how political influence works uh, uh, between um you know uh, bands and and the federal government and the other bodies that have power but you've just got uh, in APC now another 22,000 members of Via Halibu, does that uh, give you a, a louder voice when you're trying to get something out of the federal government, for example? Well, I hope it will. It's, 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 it's like anything. It's uh, really trying to build. Uh, the reason APC was created is to create a strong uh, voice of uh, the chiefs in Atlantic Canada to uh, advocate on the important issues and concerns of all the communities in Atlantic Canada. And, uh, you know, communities run quite autonomously on their own and do what they do as communities and run programs, provide services, and conduct the affairs of of the community. APC tries to focus uh, its attention on the important priorities of the chiefs and the communities to bring them to the attention of both the federal and provincial governments to actually encourage them to take action on priorities that uh, are important to the various communities. And when you have 31 communities uh, highlighting these priorities versus a community of one, um, it does it does help and it does uh get the attention of the federal government and and the different provinces because uh you know Atlantic Canada isn't that big mm. you know yeah. <laughs> and uh in many of our communities it's 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 it, in many of our communities there are many people from every other community in the, every one of our communities so Somebody from Halib who is related or yes. connected in some way, shape, or form to some Mi'kmaq community across Atlantic Canada, mm-hmm. and that that that's just the nature of our of our 
of our Mi'kmaq broader community and uh, the broader community among Indigenous people and uh, Indigenous communities across Atlantic and across Canada. Mm. You know, we're all working on the important issues, the issues that are of importance and significance to our communities as reflected through the, the leadership the APC tries to focus on those uh, key policy and priority areas to ensure that the government actually does take action to address those issues in, in an effective way and make the federal government accountable for what they do right and what they do wrong. And, yeah. you know, and continue to highlight that uh, in real ways to communicate to them about uh you know what what needs to be done to be more supportive of the individual and collective communities to them to to reach their their aspirations as a as a community which is uh vibrant grow healthy vibrant and growing basically and uh excels at the traditional culture and values and in, in in all our communities because I think at the end of the day we all are uh we all are indigenous people and we we all must and continue to support each other mm-hmm. to ensure that there is equity between all our communities and uh there is um there is action to always improve the conditions in in, in all our communities not just one over the other or a few here or a few there. But I think another important aspect is to highlight the the, the many, many successes of the individual communities across the region. Um, I'm aware of a lot of a lot of things the communities are doing in the different uh sectors that uh are very, very, very good stories and uh I don't I find we don't take enough time highlighting the good work that uh communities and people who work in communities are are doing and to understand what we're contributing to the economies of Atlantic Canada then and, and that we matter. Let me ask you about that one one of the policies one of the priorities that uh, uh I see on your website is uh, is economic development and sustainability. Um and of course, uh, in Atlantic Canada, as we know, we have a an older population. Many young people are leaving, um, and there are severe economic <clears throat> challenges. So, is there mm-hmm. is there a Mi'kmaq or a First Nation lens to see those issues, and are there are there specific ways uh, to confront those those challenges? Well, well, that's exactly what we tried to articulate in the strategic plan for sustainable economic development is basically highlight a strategy that uh is 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 consistent with what they're talking about in terms of the Atlantic growth strategy to build a better economy and to collect our growing and indigenous population with the various labor shortages in in various labor markets and uh you know many of our people would move to a city in Atlantic versus moving to Fort McMurray of West. I think that uh, the more we uh, build and contribute to the Atlantic economy, you know, I think the economic clout of our communities uh, 
continues to grow. Can I just ask you about that point you just made? So, are you, do you think that one uh, one uh, thing we could do then is is keep people in Atlantic Canada, perhaps in the larger centers? So, right now they move directly from the small towns to Fort Mac or some other place in Alberta. Yeah. So <laughs> are, do you see a strategy where we encourage uh, larger economic centers uh, across um, the Mi'kmaq territories? Well, no. Well, it, 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 the core thing about, about us is that we have to support our people and our communities. The people are our communities, and we have to support them. And I think uh, more and more communities are doing – more and more things to create economic opportunities within communities, but like you said, there's a there's a maximum that that you can create, and then eliminating those barriers external to the community and the non gen general public in the in cities or towns even uh, that uh, are adjacent to communities, I think uh, can make a big difference in terms of the economic prospects of. Uh, of a town or a city, like in some cases, our communities uh, basically basically support an entire town that exists next to the community in some cases, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I think that, uh, you know, I think uh, building strong and vibrant communities uh, and economies in, in each and every one of our communities contributes to that and contributes to the well-being of our citizens as well. And, uh, you know, I think uh, our study a few years ago said we contribute over $1.14 to the Atlantic economy. And, uh, you know, and our population profile is the median age is, you know, it's very young. Versus it, it's like 20, 28 versus 41 in uh, in the general public. And like you noted, in Atlantic Canada, I always say the number one job is working at a at a home care facility, a hospital, or uh, the cemetery, mm. which is sad to say, but uh, because of the age profile of the population in in Atlantic Canada, it is very distorted to to elderly, and that's the total opposite in our communities. I mean, Newfoundland is is. Similar, but it has some distinct um, differences, perhaps uh, in terms of uh, the rest of Atlantic Canada, in terms of the uh, the distance uh, over which uh, members of Halibut live, all the way from the southwest corner all the way over to central. Do you think uh, that will require a sort of, um, you know, a, a different strategy on on APC's part to deal with uh, Halibut in with that geographic reality? Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll work with the communities in terms of what works for them, basically in their reality, mm -hmm. and be supportive of them, basically. And uh, you know, our job is not to tell communities what to do, but is to support communities. And of course, so there's still work to do on enrollment. Is that is that uh, do you see uh, APC having any role in that advocating? Not really. Not the bulk of it's being done, so it just has to get to its ultimate conclusion, basically. Executive Director of the Atlantic Policy Congress. And that's it for the program. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. 
like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on Bay of Islands Radio and Norris Point and Rocky Harbor. Tune in on the Voice of Bombay and in St. John's. Catch us on CHMR. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time. <laughs>